podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap in association with The Athletic and brought to you today by the numbers 5 and 14 uh, as well as the letter K. Uh, the Athletic, if you want to sign up, it is theathletic.co.uk forward slash The Anfield Wrap in order to do your partnership. In front of me, I've got Gareth Roberts, Ian Salmon, Andy Heaton. Why the number 5? Because Liverpool kick off against Salzburg at 5.55. Do not get caught slipping on that one. Why the number 14? Because that is the distance between Liverpool and Manchester City in the Football League table as it stands. And why the letter K? because we're going to be talking a lot about Naby Keita and Andy Heaton. Uh, let's actually start with Naby Keita. He gets on the pitch. And I think people are a bit cynical about Naby Keita excitement. And then there's a lot of people who love Naby Keita excitement. I'm sort of, I'd like to think I, I, I plough a furrow between the two, but it would be churlish. Even though Bournemouth were flat as a pancake, it would be churlish not to be excited by Naby Keita off the back of what he did on Saturday. Absolutely correct. But do you want another, another fun fact? Go on. What's, what's uh, the, the 14 thing? Yep. Right, do you know the gap between Man City and Everton? 15. 15. Hey, there you go. Okay. That's a, that's a fucking great Liverpool um, Four, 14 is also the number on the shirt worn by the greatest human being on the planet at the moment. The, the, the captain himself, we're going to do more on him as well. Naby Keita. Naby Keita, yeah. Uh, no, great one. I uh, think he played well, nice and tidy, all the cliches and stuff. But now hopefully the start of something new. I think um, it wasn't lost on me that... The performance against Bournemouth as flat as they were, we were dominant. We didn't let them let them have a sniff. Um, I think with teams sometimes you've got to you've got to take advantage of their flatness and not give them a sniff. I don't think we give Bournemouth a sniff whatsoever. Um, I think his performance was encouraging. I think for the second time in a week as well, Liverpool. I, it's not lost to me that Liverpool's most convincing performances of the last six weeks, not saying that Liverpool aren't brilliant, have been when they rotated and. They've give the opposition maybe something to think about, and I think it's hugely encouraging going into the runner fixes that we have more than two or three strings to our bow. And long may it continue. Kaita Gareth. Firstly, I was interested that he starts predominantly right hand side. We've seen the manager's been quite structured with that. He only really wants to use Henderson off one side. Milner seems to do the left. Genie moves, but if Henderson plays, he seems very focused. Wijnaldum will do the left. Uh, Oxley Chamberlain's only going to do the right when he's in midfield, although we put him in the left and attack, but he only does the right in midfield. I think it's interesting. Firstly, Kaita gets to play from the right. Uh, secondly, the partnership with Salah yeah. looked really, really promising. Two footballers who understood each other. Yeah, absolutely. And it was interesting that Klopp made a point about that where he said, um, you know, although they haven't played 500 games together along those lines, um, you know, there's something there. And and he, he was sort of saying, and that that's what happens when you put like world class footballers together. They can. We, we we talked a lot on here in the past about the strength of partnerships and the ideas of understanding between players and stuff like that. One thing I would say for Kaiser is that. You know, he hasn't set the world alight while he's been at Liverpool. Paid a lot of money for him. We expected a lot. He hasn't delivered a lot so far. He's been really unfortunate with injuries at times. Um, but, you know, I get what you said at the top that, you know, you can be in a camp where you're like, I'm really excited about those good bits we've seen, or you can be in a camp where you're like, fucking hell, we paid a lot of money and we haven't had much back for it. I mean, it's the sixth time he's completed, completed 90 minutes for Liverpool. Um, but you know, look, he was good, um, and, and I think you've seen it before with him. I, m- I remember um, some of the pre-season games we saw with him. He, he was really exciting then, and you saw loved I was, playing with storage. That's what I was going to say. He was, like links really well, and you know the understanding between players was really good straight away. So he's he's clearly that type of player. He's a, an intelligent player. He's good. He can link things. He can score goals. And just those moments on Saturday were brilliant, weren't they? You know the the, the way he finishes the Salah back heel. 
is lovely. Um, and the, and you know the weight of the ball for for Mo as well is lovely again. Just one come back on you before I go back over to Andy uh, Gareth. The my one of my things about this people want to say therefore oh, it's a bit of a flat track thing. Well, the point about this is Liverpool have still got you know we've still got loads of the Premier League's flat track. Exactly, <laughs> that's my point. My point is that almost that'll, that like that'll do if we yeah. can if we can be picking him home and away against the bottom ten and he's going to be able to put performances in like that where he just runs the show and runs the show in their final third. Then as far as I'm concerned, well we we know we've got lads who can go and win a Champions League. They've done it, so yeah. you know it is that sort of this is what we need to do. We need to be putting you know to go on with the with the buffer we've now got to Manchester City and even to Leicester the flat track games become as important as all the others exactly but I, I think as well now that you're starting to see that you know the, the rest of the league now they just know that while they're in the same league as Liverpool they're not um, you know so I think it was Grealish over the weekend was talking about being able to compete with sides and he sort of went obviously not Liverpool and it was like obviously not yeah um, and, and it's great if that's starting to I mean Bournemouth just were not interested they didn't try and have a game for me you know it was also just like oh shit these are a lot better than those let's let's damage limitations from the very start and, and, and Liverpool you know were in second or third gear all day Andy there's something about footballers when you see them work with other footballers and there's something about brains and all that sort of stuff I go right the way back to watching Robbie Fowler even when he wasn't in his pomp by 2001 loved playing with Yardy Littman uh, you get Schmitzer on the pitch at the same time as Littman or Fowler and there was a wavelength thing and that's not to disparage anyone else's football and intelligence but I enjoyed the idea there was a wavelength thing between Keiter and Salah I think Salah makes complete sense to Keiter what he was used to when he was back at Leipzig footballers like Timo Werner who want to live their lives on the shoulder and love a give and go uh, that's what I think you got to see and it's interesting that Keiter plays off that right and looks that good yeah uh, I think it was underscored I think it's been said before Salah generally looks better when Trent Alexander-Arnold's behind him and I think that just underlines how important it was for Keita to have a game like that because obviously Gomez started yeah um, I think that's encouraging because uh, uh, and uh, not to disparage Joe Gomez actually we thought had a really positive game mm. um, but yeah it's just the intelligence and the feeding off each other and it's the speed of thought between the two as well I mean, you can do all these drills and train and one thing and the other, but the, the, the confidence between the pair of them, you talk about Salah's back heels of Keita and Keita buzzing around. And yeah, it's really, um, after just to, to reiterate what I said before, just to encourage you, but the, 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 the trend thing, I think, for me was massive. And I think it was, it's something that it looks like they've been working on at Melwood. Just the link up between the two and, and putting them in that position with, with not without specific instruction, because you, you get the impression that Jürgen Klopp likes that plays with a certain degree of freedom but it's having the trust that he could go out and follow those instructions just on the Bournemouth thing and the flat track thing it occurred to me about 60, 60 minutes in to the game where it was almost Man City-esque from last season so you know when like Liverpool you feel like they've got to scrap for everything they've got to play well to win I'm not saying we didn't play well but, but you get a sense that Liverpool teams have come to try and give Liverpool a game expect, thinking they can get something I think we've got in that headspace now with opposition. I think you're exactly right in what you're saying. Is the teams turning up now and going, friggin' I'll just don't it. 75 of the ball. No, exactly. You know, they, they, they weren't it, it, it was kind of like the, you know, not to, not tickle the belly or play dead, but it's almost like don't hurt us too much. Yeah. Well, just can, can I go further back than that? Because as much as it was Man City esque from last season, it was 1978 79. 
because I'm the only person in the room old enough to remember this, but it was like watching the 78-79 Liverpool team play where nobody was going to be a problem to you at all. And you had this strength in depth right across the 11 players where there were no weaknesses and everybody was going to contribute. And it's the same thing that's happened all the way through the season. The last team I can remember where every single player scored, I'm fairly sure, was the 78-79 team. And every single player scored that season. And we're doing the same thing again now. We've got to a point on, um, on Saturday where... For 10 minutes between 60 and 70, I was bored. I was actually watching it and I was bored and I was thinking, this is fantastic. I, I haven't been this bored watching Liverpool positively in such a long time. There's nothing happening, nothing needs to happen. We don't need to do anything. And we are now at a point where this this is the best Liverpool team I've ever seen. It's just on the, the idea of a little bit of a sea change, Ian, which I think Andy, both Andy and Gareth have separately sort of driven at. It was interesting to me that Liverpool turn up to Bournemouth, and it is only Bournemouth, and Bournemouth do have a habit of doing this, but they turn up to a Bournemouth side who are just almost like, don't hurt us, and we just yeah. all want to get out the other side. The same day, City have to deal with Man United, albeit at home, and a Man United side who've got a very, very clear plan as to how they're going to hurt Manchester City. And I think that for much of this season, and certainly for last season, Liverpool were walking into games, and there was the idea the opponent was would have a plan. It wouldn't always work, but they would work Liverpool to the max. Yeah. And then sometimes you watch City play, and you'd be like, come on, someone have a yeah. go. And it's interesting it's that, just, this, this, yeah, yeah. that in the last couple of weeks, the three, four weeks, it does begin to feel for the first time like that flip has occurred. That side's are now damage limitation against Liverpool, but you can get at City, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that they've seen what City's defence has fallen apart to become this season because City don't have a defence any longer of any kind. So people have realised you actually can go towards them and things will happen. I, th I think with ourselves, I think uh, Andy made a good point before about the rotation that we're suddenly seeing. And it is very suddenly seen because we've got through the first portion of the season with basically the same 11 lads on the pitch and some of them getting to the point where they're walking wounded. Salah, we, as we've all said, hadn't been the same player. Do you get a sense it's by design? It's been I think it's for. completely by design, yeah. I, I think it's kind of, he's got a head of steam up and now he can change. I think there's also a little bit of circumstances going, well, you know, Mo has been playing with the injury from the Chowdhury tackle for over a month. Andy Robbo was carrying an injury, but is still playing. You know, there are clearly little knocks all over the place. But he's now suddenly got to a point where Shakiri's back and you can use Shakiri for 90 minutes and then bring him on as a sub for eight minutes. And he, he looks, as I said on the post-match show, he looks sharper and slimmer than he did. And against Everson, second half, particularly against Everson, I thought he was going to be pulled at half-time. It's the hair. But second half, I think it is the hair. I think as soon as you get black hair, he, he looks, he's, he's turned into a mini Diane Lovren at the moment in terms of the, the, the sheer, you know, no nonsense, just black hair, a little bit of beard going on. Um but we've got that rotation, the fact that you can bring in Chamberlain in two or three separate places. The, the cater question, I think it's fantastic. We've got this lad, they were both for 60 million. He's not in your first choice three for midfield. And he's probably not going to be for a while. He might be eventually, but he's probably not going to be for a while. And I love the fact that we've got a lad who costs 60 million that we can come in and use as a flat track bully in the way that for um, Klopp's first portion, Coutinho was a flat track bully until he starts turning up against the big teams. So Keita can go the same route, and it doesn't matter if it takes four or five years, he's still young enough to do that, as long as we've got him on the books. At the moment, he's a lad who can, we can slot in against the teams lower down, and he's got that vertical running, and he's always looking for the vertical pass, and he always wants the ball. He's a midfielder who always wants to be on the ball and always wants to try and make something happen. And if we're using him against the bottom half, 
and we're beating the right. bottom half twice a season. We're laughing. I love that we saw we we got to see the Curtis Jones sub as well because yeah. it was like you know it's like what you just said he, that you know the, everyone everyone on the pitch everyone out there everyone watching knew the game was done and dusted, including Curtis and and so like it meant he could go on the pitch stress free and be himself and get a, get get some minutes get his Premier League debut and he almost you want, you want yeah 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 and, and that, that's how it used to be you know what I mean that that that's a, that, that kind of attitude about Liverpool and being able to blood some youngsters across the season that's how it used to be but it feels like you know, just saying before on talking Reds, it feels like in the past when we've gone anywhere or we've challenged for the title, it's been like intensity dialed up to ninety all the time. And so to watch a game like we got on Saturday, where you know they weren't in, they weren't in top gear, they didn't have to go blood and thunder, they could win the game and then sort of dial it down and, and ready themselves for Salzburg and bring on a teenage scouse lad who, who, who looked comfortable, who, who could have scored a goal if he had scored the goal, I'd still be out. Um, I mean, I. I I already love him. Been a hell of a I already well. love him, and I don't even know what it, why it is. But like already, I'm I'm, I'm Curtis Jones fan club. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 like I just want him to. I'm willing him to do well, and it's not just the scouse thing. You know, he's got a swagger about him. He's got something about him. You he know, looks like a footballer. Yeah, he just he looks does. like he belongs yeah. in this yeah, company. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the way he's come on the last two years to look this much of a uh, this convincing as a footballer. I also think if we hadn't um, if we hadn't had the injury today, I think we'd just seen Harvey Elliott as well. Because yeah, I, think I was excited by the idea he was on the bench. Harvey Elliott's on for most Beveres. The other one is, if you look at the Rogers season, we basically make that run with 14 players. Yeah. And we just, we're just heads down, 14 players. And as you said, that intensity that we had to go with, the intensity we had to go with last season, we've got more goal scorers than that this season. It's did, ridiculous. Did, um, you see the clip of Curtis last week, I think it was the under-23s with Harvey. Harvey Elliott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the bromance going on. Well, there's something in Andy. This idea that firstly the togetherness that the, the managers fostered and, and and the players themselves have fostered, but everyone keeps coming out and at the minute there's lots of chats about the way it is in training, that everyone's able to just come in and bed in because training is almost as intense, if not as intense as the games. And I think that you know at the moment if you're Curtis Jones, you've been wowing all season for the under 23s. You know he scored he scored and been involved in a lot of goals, Curtis Jones. But also then to come and get get stuck into these really intense training matches. I think it's a big deal. I think it's something that straight away, therefore, means if he hits the ground running, but also he feels like he belongs because he's played football with and against mm. these footballers. Yeah. It's um, it's it's absolute credit to him because there was talk of, I mean, people who watched him for the 23s through the, the over the last 18 months, he plateaued a little bit. Uh, and this is, in my judgment, this is people who do it, who actually watch them quite often. And um, it's been a bit of a turnaround for him, and it, it's crazy, and it's, it, it's a boss little story. Then Gareth Farmerell comes on this kind of stuff than me, but to go from where he was going into the pre-season when they were talking going out on loan or going somewhere else or even leaving the club to actually get on the pitch in a Premier League game is massive, and it does mm. matter. I mean, people jo people joke about oh. You know, having a scouser on the pitch, blah blah blah, <laughs> and it's overblown. But it's so encouraging. It's gone. No, go on. Keep going. It's it's so encouraging to see that pathway, and I think it's massive for the club as a whole to, to give the opportunities to these kids. So when you talk about we talk about Manchester City and Liverpool now, and the, the youth setup and one thing and the other. <laughs> 
But there's evidence there now. You look at Trent Alexander-Arnold, yeah. you look at Curtis Jones, you look at, I know Harvey Elliott's only been here five minutes. But when you're trying to get the best kids, you can go, look, this exactly, is what you can yeah. achieve. This is what's in front of you. Just make the best of it. Path, right. the, the pathway thing is the thing, Gareth, and I bet you that there'll be people at the under-23s, under-18s, as pleased as anybody else to see Jones firstly get on the pitch and secondly not look as though he's out of his depth in any yeah. way. And I do think that you know you want to talk about pathways there. Forget even the idea of external people, although I completely agree with Andy. I bet you. I bet your training's got up a notch for the 18s and 23s today, tomorrow. Absolutely. I bet you they're absolutely all putting it in. But also as well, you get the sense that you know the the players, the senior players, like they are genuinely together with the kids. I, I feel like in the past that has always been the case, and like there's maybe like sort of you know weird little personal agendas going on or whatever. But I like to think that Shakiri actually tried to tee him up specifically there mm. because the game's won, and you know I I think he's looked up, he saw him, and he thought. Be boss to put one on the plate for Curtis, <laughs> do you know what I mean? That, that's how I like to Go look at it. Yeah, it might yeah. be being a bit romantic, but I like to we'll think of it ahead. that way. And, and you know, it's a shame it didn't go in, but it wasn't an easy chance. But, you know, you, you do feel that there is genuinely that together. And the idea of, you know, like, you get your chance if you're good enough and all that, and you, you will get, you know, Klopp will give you a go type of thing. You know, you you said it there already. Like, if Liverpool are going out and negotiating over the best youngsters in the world, which they will be doing, and they and they continually try to do, then if they've got evidence of it that they can put on the table and say, "There you go," then you, you're more likely to get them. Whereas you got someone like you know Foden, he's starting to get a bit of a go, isn't he at City? But he's he's had to wait a long time, and he's obviously cut a bit of a frustrated figure. You know, there is that question of, well, well why'd you go there? Because they've got all these players already and they don't get a go. And, you know, there is all the Sancho chats currently. Um, and, and it seems Who? like everyone, yeah, everyone in the Premier League is allegedly interested in them all of a sudden now. And Chelsea are interested because they're not, they haven't got a transfer ban anymore and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, what? like everyone's saying Liverpool are top of the list, like Liverpool have got it done, all kinds of stuff like that. It wouldn't surprise me if they have, because right now, why wouldn't you come to the Isn't this from top down? And we've seen this mentioned over and over again over the last two or three seasons, where the, the, from the manager, where Mo Salah and Curtis Jones, for an example, or Jordan Anderson, they all get treated exactly the same. So there's no hierarchy there. So they just, I only thought that when you mentioned the Shakiri thing, you know, there's no like hierarchy where it's like a Ronaldo atmosphere where he's got to be the main man, everyone's got to be put on a plate for him. And I think that that. that that's only got to be healthy and it's so so encouraging but I think that's back to the intensity of training points as well Andy where it's a bit like if you're Shakiri, you know he's good because he's lived in training you know he wouldn't be getting on this pitch right now if you know you know that he's he's not there because he's won a competition he's yeah. He's, yeah he's he's earned it at this point and it's not even there because Liverpool want to tell the story of a pathway the manager's bringing him on because he believes in him at this point and I think again that's why you know and it's it's a bit it is a shame about the Aston Villa away thing uh, in that I think again if you're James Milner as an example well you know how good Curtis Jones is you've been involved in two football matches where he's played really well came off the bench in one of them and he's done really really well and you're able to almost carry that back home with you and it is a shame isn't it that you know that's probably almost certainly now not going to get to happen again with the Villa game because they should you know there should be the idea of going actually next on this that you know that that's part of why players young players can settle is that for instance James Milner's going back into the dressing room and saying to everyone he was good you know he's a really good player yeah and I think that's a, you know talking about the intensity of training from this they are seeing it every single day because the, you know the Pep Linders a couple of Pep Linders interviews recently they've been absolutely revelatory revelatory it's probably the word, isn't it? Good word. Yeah, it's a good word, and I can't say it, but it's a good word. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of those it's one of those things where it's, it's that's the title for the show box. <laughs> yeah, 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 can't say it, but it's a good word. Um, 
It's I, I, I had a point. It's gone completely now. Um, no, those interviews have shown us that it's not just that a player's earned the right to do it. A player is earning the right to do it every single day, and what they do in training is the actual job. The games are the result of the job, and the attitude that they've got all the way down the line is that you will make your way through if you do the job correctly. So the likes of Milner playing with Curtis Jones, playing with Harvey Ellick, and go well. I trust these lads. There's even if you're playing with a half strength team. Then there's an outball. Look, look at the Arsenal game in the League Cup. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And, and obviously the League Cup this time, we're looking at probably Jones, Elliot, Brewster, um, Nico Williams, um, and one other whose name I can't remember for life of me, who are going to be playing in that and then flying out the next day. That, that seems to be the briefing that came out last week. So again, you know, every player that's played with them knows it. And we, we know from the summer, from the from the Champions League final, the, the amount of scenes with Chamberlain and Brewster and how much we talk about Brewster in the, in the aftermath of that, that there is that togetherness that's not just a... It's not just... It's not an us and them at Melwood any longer. I think there's also... You can drill further down with the pathway because it's not just a case of we can get the best players in the world. After seeing Saturday's game, every Liverpool support and 10-year-old who's playing on Buckley Hill or playing out at Geoffrey Humble this week wants to be Curtis Jones, wants to be Trent Alexander-Arnold because there's a, there's a direct path for them to Liverpool now. They can see that it's doable. You're setting an example that you can do this, you know. It's a fantastic thing to but do. It, you also get the sense that there's like, you know, in that Linders interview that you're talking about, the one in The Guardian anyway, you know, he almost talked about that. We've banged on a lot on here, rightly so, about the sort of the, the culture at the club and where it's at and how hard it is to develop that. And it's now sort of at, at its peak almost where, and Linders was touching on this, about the idea that they're not having to go in there and sort of reinvent the wheel every Monday. You know, it, it, it's done to an extent and, and it sort of takes care of itself. So you've got like, you've got Lalani, you've got Milner, you've got all these senior pros who week after week, day after day, are going into Melwood, working their asses off, you know, getting stuck in and training. It's intense in training. And so if you're if you're Jones or you're Elliot or you're any of the other kids and you're parachuted into the first team training from a different group, because that's what they do, don't they? They take like the elite ones and they put them in with the first teams and say, go ahead, see how you get on. And how you'll get on is probably the first time you probably get clattered by Milner, told to get up by Lalana, and you 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 know, you quickly this see, is the standard. Yeah, you quickly see what the level yeah. is. And you know, you're right, Neil, to say that if that's happening every day and training is as intense as we suspect it is and Linda says it is, then when it comes to playing on the pitch against Bournemouth who are just trying to keep the score down, you're probably like this isn't that hard. Watch it. They've only got Dominic Solanke running yeah. around. The rest of them all stood still. Yeah. And, and I used to play against him anyway. Go on. And, and that's why, for everybody in the summer who questioned why you would keep Adam Lallana, apart from the fact that he's bloody great against Everton, that's why you keep Adam Lallana, because he is setting an example to Curtis Jones and to Rian Brewster and to Trent. He's there as the example of what a pro does. Um, want to talk about some really interesting little case study across the across the course of the ninety minutes. Gareth is uh, Gomez. I think the he doesn't do badly at right back, and I think it's really important that we keep saying that. You know, I, I, I worry about him being the number one cover to Trent Alexander Arnold, and the reason why is because we ask so much of Trent Alexander Arnold, yeah. and it it does sort of displace. But it isn't as though you know there's Nathaniel Klein versus Joe Gomez. Well, it's a conversation. Trent Alexander Arnold versus Joe Gomez, it very much isn't. But I actually just think for himself, I just thought he looks so much more assured and so much calmer and so much more in control at centre back yeah. than right back over the course of the game. 
Yeah, absolutely. He looks like when he's at right back, like as you say, you know, he didn't he didn't do a lot wrong, and he and he he sort of do, what a good he, baller at yeah, one point. I was going to say he's very like old school right back, almost what right backs used to be, where it was like can I get right back? Yeah, and if they're getting forwards, the, you know, they can sort of beat a man by just sort of knocking it on the outside and and then putting the putting the percentage ball into the box. But we're used to seeing so much more from from Trent because he's got an absolute wand of a foot. He's he's got great vision, and you know, as everyone keeps saying, you know. He wouldn't look out of place in midfield. So to to try and like have to meet that standard, it, it, you know, it's unrealistic to expect out of him. And as you say, he did put a decent ball in. But also as well, you think about him across his time at Liverpool, and he, he sort of had this thing all the way of what is he? You know, he's played the other side as well. He's played left fullback, and um, you know, he had the time where sort of Klopp told him to get rid of his holiday muscles or whatever it was. You know <laughs> what I mean? And, and, and like you know, so he's bulked up, he's slimmed down. You know, he, he sort of never really known what he is, and then what he was. And I think this is sort of getting forgotten a little bit. Remember when he had that partnership with Van Dijk and he was fucking brilliant and the pair of them together, you know, they, they seemed to love each other. They seemed to really bond. They were doing bits of media together, which, which were really great to watch because you could sense they genuinely liked each other. And at that point, you had pundits who played centre-half at the top level on the telly saying this lad's England's future and all that kind of you know stuff and he's had a he's had a bit of a rough time of it he's had his injuries he's had his problems he's, he's struggled for fitness and form and then he's he's shifted back out to right back again and he's getting judged on that so for me it was always going to be night and day when you put him back at centre half because that 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 is what he is he is a centre half you can see he's a centre half he's comfortable there he's comfortable next to Van Dijk and he's just always going to be jobbing when he's at right back and I think we've sort of got to remember that when that happens it's one Andy where Lovren, uh, we're not quite sure of the fitness status. Obviously, Matip's um, going to be out for two weeks for three months. Um, so <laughs> it's it's one way you're trying to work out the the fitness status, whether or not Gomez starts against Salzburg and then possibly against Watford. I I felt there was a lot to build on when he moves to when he moves to right side at centre back. I you know I'm not, it, it, listen, he'll have had and will have in the future tougher games, but I just like to see a footballer who's, who's really really comfortable in his own skin, who knows where he needs to be on the pitch, and I think you see that from 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 Gomez after he moves. Yeah, no, he's a good option to have. Um, I mean, the, the Lovren thing, I think I, I'm not entirely convinced if the game's nil nil, Lovren comes off. He said it was cramped. Didn't yeah, it? It, it it looked more precautionary. It didn't mm. look anything. And he didn't go. He plays on for an odd length of time that, for a centre back. Yeah, he's about to come that, off. That, that's what I mean. So they, they don't do the substitution straight away. There was like it was like a ten minute thing. Yeah. Um, that, that, I, I think God, it's absolutely spot on uh, with the, with the Gomez thing. More than happy with him at centre half. I think it's because the fact he hasn't played there for so long, you kind of forget just how good he was. I'm just basically parroting what Robbo was saying. Yeah. To be honest. But, um, I th- but isn't he, I mean, isn't the journey of him, you know, in terms of modern centre backs, Andy? And this is where I am with him, you know, when Gareth said before that he's the classy I, shows. I, like, I'm of the view that if we can get him back, because I think he's wobbled this I, season, I, I if we can get him back, he could be the number one. I think yeah. he's the best. But so, what, was it, <clears throat> what I was going to say was, I think he's the best partner on paper for Van Dyke out of all of them. It's like a doctor's surgery. It's unbelievable <laughs> how many people are ill in this graph. You're not great, you're not great, Andy's Sorry. up the woods. All right, don't worry at all. Everyone's um, going to get through it together. I, I, Sorry, yeah, listeners, yeah. but everyone's very much hanging on for dear life at the yeah. minute. Um, yeah, but you're goose now, aren't you? You're not coming out of this room unscathed. <laughs> I, I think he's the most complimentary partner for Van Dyke, if that makes sense. Yeah. Matip's had a great season last season. He's come in, not done anything wrong. Van, uh, Lovren's come back in from the cold. Been really impressive. But I think if you if you're gonna if you're gonna score out of hundred in all the attributes, what what's a more complimentary fit 
for Van Dijk. I would say it's Joe Gomez. I mean, we haven't really seen it since he's come back in, but one of the things that stuck out for me was the amount of cover he gives Van Dijk, and he gives Van Dijk that freedom to be a bit more aggressive yeah. and attack. Whereas the other he's got two, that maybe, pace, he? yeah, exactly, he's got that recovery pace yeah. on the side that maybe the other two haven't got. Um, I've got absolutely no worries there. I mean, obviously, there's a question of, you know, if this thing with Lovren is more serious than what they're saying, then we are a little bit thin. If Gomez or Van Dijk pick up pick up an injury themselves, and this is the worst time of the season for that kind of thing. It's okay, there's a window in three weeks. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, uh, exactly. But no, agree with everything. But yeah, I mean, potentially he could. I think you're, you're absolutely spot on. If he gets a run of five or six games, we could then be talking about well. He's the fixture that's got to be moved up the side, which, again, is healthy. Uh, going to go back to Gomez when we talk about Salzburg before then. then we're going to talk about Salzburg in a few minutes before then. Uh, other player that I do want to have a chat about performance at the weekend um, is Jordan Henderson. Uh, I think, Ian, he's he's excellent at the weekend. He's just slotted in at the moment, and you feel as though... I'm not going to say he's revelling in it because I think it's clear where he'd rather play, but he is ever so willing to do a certain job in there. Pulled right a hell of a lot, I felt, against Bournemouth to get himself into a more comfortable position to send the ball. I think he was over there as well because that's where Bournemouth were looking to target insofar as they were looking to target anywhere. Uh, and it's a brilliant ball for the opening goal. It's fantastic. It is... I think he's coming back to that sitting row where he's obviously going to be for the next couple of months. It's going to be a case of either him or Genie sitting there, basically. I don't think we're going to see a great deal of Lana playing at number six, no matter um, how how happy I was about Lallana being being at the club and being a great player uh, I don't think you're going to see him as number six very often so I think Henderson's going to be dropping in there but I think he's going back to with a different viewpoint because of where he's been playing recently so the idea of that pulling right to put the ball on he's putting in balls that we haven't seen him playing for years and he's putting in with accuracy the ball for the first goal is absolutely beautiful. I know people are starting to use the phrase long ball, um, but I'm going to go with the Paisley-esque. There's no such thing as a long pass or a short pass. It's just the right pass. And you know what? Well, fuck it. If it's a long ball, who fucking cares? Yeah, no, if it's a long ball, it's thing like that. It's, it's not literally one of It's their not a Wimbledon long ball. One of their defenders was interviewed after the game and, and said it was a, a, absolute quality. And of yeah. course, it was. It was. It was to feet. It was the, the, you know the pace, the, the vision to spot it. it you know, and, and perfectly. Yeah, and all, but the, but all this, Oxley Chamberlain's do's got to got to put a boot on it. But the, this comes into the conversation about you know Liverpool like the, the, the derby midweek teams preparing for what Liverpool are going to do exactly and then my only little worry I've got to be honest is that like you know I'm made up that Liverpool are scoring all different types of goals and you know they've got the threat I, from, I, was, I was honestly getting a bit bored across they, they, so well, I'm, they've, I'm they've like got the threat from set piece as well with, you know you saw with, with Van Dijk the other week but my only little concern and it's finally starting to kick in is I watched Leicester yesterday and they're scoring all different types of goals as well and you know, Rogers got a little shout before. Well, Rogers obviously went through that season with us. Mm. He's still got a core of players kicking around at Leicester who've actually won the league. Yeah. And I just think them bastards aren't going to go away. I'd be much happier if they were 11 points behind us instead of eight. So would I. No, uh, you, so if they could start losing sometime that'd soon, really that'd nice. be much. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort dis- that, can you, Brandon? They're annoyingly good, aren't yeah. they? You I watched them yesterday the same thing. These are annoyingly good. I, I'm sound with it because it, I think it's damaging City. Leicester being great is damaging City and bothering City more than it's bothering us. I think, I think, I think there's I, an argument around it that it's keeping us very honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, there's no room right, for any complacency. But just on the Anderson thing, and I said I wasn't asked, I am asked because it's pissed me off now, this long <laughs> ball thing. There's a lovely angle, if you see it, of the goal where Henderson looks for the pass. The yeah. camera's behind the, the, oh, yeah, behind the Bournemouth goal and you see, he gets rolled to him, comes into his feet and you just see this and he, and he just looks and he sees the gap and he sees the run and it's 
it was almost like a goal you'd score on the PlayStation. Do you know what I mean? You just see the, the pass over the top and it drops right on his foot. You genuinely never played me a FIFA, have you? Yeah. <laughs> That's not happening. I was Pez. Pez, fair I was enough. Pez. He gets uh, on the ball. He gets on the ball. Well, he attempts 153 passes. Gareth makes 141 of them. There's 12 failures in there. Um, but, you know, that's a remarkable pass percentage rate, 92.2%. Mm. Both him and the other thing I like about Henderson, and I think it, it is related to Keita, I think he's very into the old where's player X looks up where's Keita or yeah. in this or where's Salah you've seen him do it like he decides this is my go-to guy for the next 10 minutes of the match the first player he looks for where is he because I'm going to get him on the ball and I trust that he's going to then look after it and I think you see him make these decisions through the game Henderson in a way that I think is, is a little bit different to a couple of the other midfielders in that he's he's very much passing it with information on it this is what I want you to do yeah, next yeah, yeah. I mean there's another ball I don't know if it was Hen- I can't remember who it was but there was, another, there was a ball to Salah and his control on it was unbelievable and, and you know you saw Origi control, pull that one out the sky from Lovren brilliantly against Everton and it's like you know it, it's almost it does feel like it's maybe a thing that they've just said okay you know if you've got if you want to go longer at times you know trust the lads who are up front because they're all brilliant and they've got that they're capable of that touch and you know if you're capable of that touch then you know you can ping a ball at them and they'll pull it they'll pull it out the sky and, and it, it's on um, if you're playing with lesser players then you know they, they'd need a touch or two they'd need to shield it You'd need to get hold of it and by that time you've got people back and the chance is gone but we've got brilliant players up front so if you're putting a ball there for them and you can pull it out the sky or they can just put a finish on it like Oxley chamberlain did there's absolutely nothing wrong with it they can play long balls that end up in goals up for the rest of the season as far as i'm concerned i don't give it two shits how it ends up in the back of the net just make sure it ends up in the back of the no, net 100 and i think as well but just watching it back i think it's aided and abetted by how wide the fullbacks are as well because it just stretches the the back line. It's no good pumping. It. I keep saying long ball, but if if the opposition are compressed into a tight area in the box and there's more bodies there, it's more difficult. Where yeah, is playing percentages then, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Whereas if you look when when that ball comes in from Enders going back to the, the Oxley Chamberlain goal, Trent's on one touch. Uh, sorry, the fullbacks are on the touch on opposite touch lines, and the the, the ball with back four is so spread across, and you're creating those spaces. And it, it, it just to it, even factor that into the thing, and I, I think that also lends into how the goals have been more spread this year as well, because there's just more space in the gaps because they're that preoccupied with the with the normal. Line. I know they didn't play, but the people are setting up for Firmino, Salah, Mane, and working on patterns to to, to disrupt them. Whereas you look at the spread, the goals as you were saying before, I think there's only two two members of the squad haven't haven't. Is that right? but there's only two who haven't scored in the league Lovren scored in the Champions League so there's literally only Joe Gomez and of the senior squad and Allison. and I wouldn't put past him doing that the other thing though when they can pull it out the sky like they can with, with that ability when when they've got that skill is that you know you're not getting away with nothing anymore because of VAR and I think you saw that a few of the games I watched over the weekend and there's highlights and bits and bobs you, you, you can see centre-halves now where they, where they used to go close to the man and start pushing them and, and pulling at them and they don't do it now they, they, they stand off them because they just go fuck I can't do anything here you know VAR is going to do me if, if I go anywhere near them um, and so I, I think that 
that's a factor as well. So when you're saying before, if he if he's just trying to pump it into Salah, knowing he's playing well as well, by the way, and knowing that he's you know you can see, can't you? you oh, see, Salah was brilliant, by the that's way. What yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So like you know, you see the type of game he's having, you see how how, how on it his touches, and you just go, okay, I'm I'm pinging it to him, and he's in the box, and he and, and something's likely to happen. I mean that that back heel for Kaita is, is absolute like the the timing of it is amazing. The fact that he holds it. And then the timing of it, the, the release and Kite is just there, and, the, and like the, the lovely, the lovely finish. It's, as well. he's nearly, it's a lovely finish. He's nearly done that twice because that first ball you were talking about, where Salah takes it out yeah. the air, just kills his own dead. It's then a back heel. The Chamberlain nearly runs yeah, onto. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to go back to Henderson a second. When was the last time you saw Henderson step up for a free kick like that? Yeah. That was a cracking free kick. They all look confident, don't they? They all look confident. I like... really thought it's one of the very few times you get to see Henderson play the armband. That I thought yeah. late in the game, three 0 against Bournemouth, it really oh, did look to me like he was yeah. like, lads, I'm normally sound as a captain, but this one, <laughs> yeah. I don't think you see him do that sort of stuff very often. But that looked like one of them to me on salary and just dead quick. I before we move towards talking in general, the the league picture. The one thing that strikes me about his goal is it's the first one this season I think that's crept over the line and I think that's what yeah. that's when you can tell he's on it when he's just you know it's like it, it's, there's, there's been some solid goals since he's arrived at Liverpool that I'm sort of amazed hit the back of the net because they just roll into the corner of the goal and you can't believe keepers can't get over to them or anything like that the, and that to me is the sign that he felt very very comfortable against Bournemouth maybe for the first time he this drew, season he drew him perfectly he, he drew him every, he had every aspect of it nailed and it was almost like a classic Mo Salah as I say the ball trickles over the line but it was always going in yeah it, it's a really casual finish it's it's literally it's it's the pass into the net mm. but it's also the fact that he's passing it across his body against the direction he's running in because he is he is running out towards the left of the goal and he's slotting it into the right hand corner so the, the goal he hasn't got a cap chance with that that's an absolute class goal the run is absolutely brilliant and as I think it was yourself said on the um, the pink it's the same goal that we've just seen on Wednesday night from Shakiri. it's the same diagonal run with that ball um, possibly a little more direct because it's Kaiser's ball from a little deeper than Manny played it on Wednesday but it's that same I'm going to put it through these two guys and you're just going to be on the end of it and it, it's it's a perfect goal. I, I thought Salah was absolutely immaculate at the weekend. It's back to everything that we know he can do, and he looked like he was playing with a little bit of freedom for the first time in what six weeks, two months. I think the fact that we could actually sit him down during the derby, go, you're not playing, you know, high intensity game. You're just going to sit on the bench. It's going to be sound. We're not even going to warm you up. And he's benefited so much from that. And Sadio did that on Saturday. And Sadio did it on Saturday. And he's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah. It's so, just gonna open another level somehow. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a great time. It's it's fantastic. The the league picture Andy started it off mentioning fourteen points clear of City. Gareth's right to say Leicester look good. Uh, they look really good. I think it's something that, you know, Liverpool are fourteen points clear of Manchester City and eight points clear clear of Leicester because they've been practically perfect. It's only one game where they haven't won and that would have been perfection. The thing is they need to stay perfect. It almost feels unfair, uh, one way or another, but you feel as though they're up to it and that they're gonna want to be perfect. It's I'll be honest with you, like, it kept me up last night. Like, <laughs> looking at the I know we laugh and joke at it. And I'm being entirely serious. This isn't me being joking around. Didn't you engage with that lad who said he'd done some mad maths or something? DM me if you uh, want to see them. He, he DM'd what, me. And it kettled me. I, 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 well. he's, he's done some mad maths where basically for City to get to 90, for us to get to 90 points, for City to get to 90, they've got to be almost perfect. Yeah. And for us to get to 90, we can just go with two points a game. 
Yeah. And that's crackers that we can now we basically can broadly, five we can broadly now go at two points a game to get, off the basis of the fact that you know you think about it. If, if Ted so, Clark, by the way, the, thanks the, Ted. It's, it's just ba- well in Ted, it's, but it's, it is it's algebra. So City, we can basically match City's record so far, and City have got to match ours to date, broadly speaking, in order for us to end up on the same points. Which of course, when when I say that, it's obvious if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. But, when, but when you actually read, but it. when you actually read the numbers, you're like, so we can we can almost go at a rate of points sort of picking up we haven't gone at for over a season and a half yeah, yeah. and now we breaking that off. Yeah. yeah. so I mean th- this is the state I got myself into last night in so much as my father-in-law doesn't particularly like football and I chewed his ear off for the best part of two and a half hours about the league table that must be the most enjoyable evening he's had in quite a while honestly like and then I couldn't sleep last night so it is Christmas and what have you done <laughs> on, <laughs> I'm, not, you think I'm, jo- I'm absolutely not joking I, I could I'm, I struggled to sleep last night because you, you condition yourself almost think nah 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 not gonna happen not gonna happen and you, and you look at every possible avenue and opportunity to think this isn't real this is not real and then it's there and it's real and now I'm not making any bold predictions well, I kind of am, but I mean, we're odds on to win the league. It's, it's what this side have done and the opportunity they they have now is incredible, and I think it's the greatest opportunity that they it's, will ever have. It's worth pointing out that if Leicester win the next three matches, they're only two points behind us. It is worth pointing that out. Uh, they've got no, Norwich. That's I'm not yeah, yeah, I'm just saying that they've got Norwich, they've yeah. got Manchester City, and then they've got us. And because we don't play, uh, so we would have a game in hand. But, but they, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. What I'm saying is that I don't know what I'm going to do it bust, if we carry on like, winning. We, I don't know what I'm going to do. We hope Man City do us a favour by beating them. <laughs> I mean, we're not. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'm, I'll take that that game on its merits. So make my mind up as that wears on. Uh, the best thing about that is it actually happens whilst we're becoming champions of the world with a bit of luck. Yeah. If we can pull that together, uh, that, that match that, that, happens. That's whilst, nice Qatar, isn't it? Yeah. The uh, thing I like. It's not going to be cheap. <laughs> the thing I like about you know sort of weighing up where where we've been and what is it now? It's one defeat in fifty five or something like that in the league, which is unbelievable. And you know we, we've obviously we're, we're champions of Europe. Before that, we were in a final, and you know. We, the, this group like grown together to an un- unbelievable place now. But the, what, the the thing I like is you know there's people who sort of keep these like databases of how, how like Liverpool are doing and, and like share the stuff. I'm fair play to them. Um, and I was looking at one of those this morning. It was on the um, on the LFC Reddit, which is worth having a go on. By the way, if you've never had a go, uh, there's there's loads of Reds on there and it's good discussion on there and. You might you might frown about Reddit, but honestly, it's on the Liverpool one. Anyway, so there's a lad on there, and um, he, he he's doing the thing, you know, comparing the results to last season and all that, and and it's boss because I, I hadn't really thought about it that way, but I was th- I read it this morning. I was like, okay, so Chelsea away last season we drew it. This yep. season we've won. Leicester at home last season we drew it. This season we've won, and and like so we're six point. If we continue on on the, the sort of trajectory, if you like, of, of where we were last season, and remember we got ninety seven last season, we're already six points better off because it's Chelsea's. The Chelsea result was better. The Leicester result was better. What's the other one? There's another City. one, isn't it? City, yeah, yeah, because we drew, we drew against City at home. This time we've beat them. Oh. Stuff like that just warms well, you, your heart, you, doesn't you, it? You look, at the, <laughs> you look at the league last year; it basically come down to the City Liverpool games. Where, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the worst we can do this season is par because we've won at Anfield. That's the way. That, that that that's the that's the worst case scenario there. 
Fucking hell. There is. There is. Honestly. There was another birthday. I've just been sat there looking at the league table and going, okay, well, we're 46 points. Yeah, great. Okay, we've got 22 games. There's another 60. Why shouldn't we go 112? The broader point I was trying to make is that you condition yourself to think that every misstep that we take will be punished when the likelihood is Manchester City on current form are just as likely to make more missteps as us. More likely. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. and it's getting into that mindset where you think, fucking hell, what are we going to do? City going to win every game? Well, if you go on the evidence so far, and notwithstanding the incredible run they went on last year, but the evidence in front of you says that they're not going to be perfect the rest of the season. And we just need to chill out a little bit. Well, I, I um, like it two things. One, um, I saw a lovely stat this morning that says that basically whatever happens now, we're top of the league at Christmas. Yeah, We're in the first week of December, we're top of the league at Christmas already. That, that's really nice. But like Andy, I was wide awake for most of last night, but that was because of the wind that was howling outside our house. But I was lying there thinking, who else is City's first team? We're getting to our first 11 now. De Bruyne seriously De Bruyne maybe well Aguero because he puts the ball in the back of the net I would go to the end of the earth for Raheem Sterling yeah. uh, would, you, would you put Sterling in ahead of Mane though no but I'd probably, but I'd, play, I'd probably play a front You'd three of Mane, Salah and Sterling currently and also because I think Firmino was the one of the front three who hasn't quite managed to get, Not back, this in, year. get back into shape uh, so I, was I, I can make a call for Laporte it, as a second centre back because on form he's excellent but other injured than that, though, he? he's injured. He, he is injured. It's a real shame for them. I th- yeah. Well, I think, yeah, but I think that I in general, I mean, I'm, if we're going to do, do City, they've got a David Silver shape problem at the moment. I thought against Man United, he was as anonymous as I've ever seen him mm. because I think he, I think literally it's all right for him to be shattered. He's about 39, mm. for God's sake. And I think for the first time, he was looking a bit of his age. Just last little thing on this, Gareth, before we move to Salzburg. The thing that occurred to me when I was thinking about it is if you Liverpool manager starts the season, no balls have been kicked, but you've got all the players back. What do you think the job is you give them? Because I think the job is you give them is just be better than last season. Yeah, and I think that's why I don't think Liverpool are going to stop. I think that their internal, their internal key performance indicator isn't is is better than ninety seven points. Yeah, and well, I think you've seen that, haven't you? You know, there's been there's been times across the season so far where you think, you know, that's a solid enough draw, and you've seen the manager and the players collectively go, and we don't just want draws anymore. Draws, draws, you know, cost us. So, so we've got to win. And like, you know, the, the only points they've dropped are at Old Trafford. And you know, you, you can make a good case that we were hard done to that day by their goal. Um, th- there's a collective mindset there that they're winning every game. I think. And you know, I, I think uh, to quickly tell the story, like we, we've mentioned Sam Walker down on here before. He's our graphics and video fella. He's an Arsenal fan. And the only thing he still clings to to this day is, yeah, but the Invincibles. And he's got a little card on his wall next to his desk. So it's there every time we come in. Sam, we're coming for you, lad. <laughs> like, if, if we end up with that gold trophy, what have you got left, lad? Do you I know th- what I mean? Just on that, I think... The 97 point thing is interesting. I think they might have been been sold to match it only because psychologically they've done it. They've achieved that. I've got to a Champions League final, yeah. 97 points. And and you know it. you can do 97 Lads, points in a Champions well, I'm League not final. I'm asking for the world, you've done it. Yeah. Just just match just just match that and see, and see, and see where we end up. And they, it's I think that's what they're heading towards and it's and the six points up. Or I'm, I'm, I'm a six No, no, we are with yeah. six points with six points up already. Fucking hell. Okay. We're gonna uh, anyway, we're gonna yeah. go we're gonna back in one second to talk about Salzburg, but we're talking about something pertaining to Salzburg is gonna get dropped dropped in now as an insert. So we're gonna do live commentary uh on the Salzburg game, John. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's been something that we've been asked, like when when we've said to you know Anfield Rap subscribers or listeners or whatever or viewers now, when people say, "Well, we'd like to do more," they said, "Oh, we we don't like our commentators." And I'm, you know, naming no names, no, nope. or indeed countries, no. Nope. Uh, and I'm sure they're, they're very popular amongst other people wherever they live. But certain people have said to us, "We'd love to have." Uh, your dulcet tones uh, commentating. I think this is. I mean, watches. I think this is. This is a naive error, um, <laughs> to be honest. But we are where we are, and that people would like it. Um, and there's a company who got in touch with us called Hot Mike, and they are at Hot Mike Inc. So the word hot, the word Mike, not not like the first name, but M I C as a microphone and Inc as in incorporated I N C. So Hot Mike Inc. Uh, got in touch with us and said that they've got this thing where they've got an app. It's only on Apple at the minute, although it is being beta tested on Android, uh, and we are early adopters. Do you feel like an early adopter? I think this is going to be the very first soccer game they've ever done. Uh, they're doing a lot of NFL. Really? Yeah, they're doing it. They're doing. Uh, they might do something with an Arsenal group. Crew, no, you know? let's pretend that's not true. Okay, let's pretend that's <laughs> not true. Uh, this is the first thing that they've ever done, and you can download their app on Apple at the minute. And it is in. If you go onto their Twitter, you can see it on Android in beta form. I'm not quite sure if our thing's going to come off on that, but it will definitely be on Apple. And it's hotmike.io, uh, hotmike.io, and they are at them on Twitter. Uh, and there's also there for us as well, and, and info at hotmike.io if you want to know more about it. But you can download an app and what it will do is it will sync between you and it it will sync our words to the television uh, and the commentary should come out in real time with me and john sat somewhere in a boozer in liverpool watching salzburg versus liverpool and we picked salzburg versus liverpool because i said well it'll be a good test and it'll be a good run through because it'll be a dead rubber uh and uh, that's not true either um <laughs> so listen to me and neil have a breakdown uh, at any point if it looks possible that we might be playing europa league football this season <laughs> Honestly, I can't. I'm, I'm genuinely like I can't believe this has happened to us. Uh, but I am really excited about doing it, and I don't know if we're going to be any good at commentary at all. Um, really, what do you think? I think it will be good. Yeah, I think I think um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm realizing now that I know three Salzburg players. I've got a stat packed on by one of the lads who came in on work experience last week. Uh, excellent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Putting these putting these lads to use. Uh, good to know. Yeah. So we'll have to have a little sheet of blood. So maybe Matty, thanks, Matty. Knock something up. Thanks, Matty. Uh, it was great. It's really good what Matty's done. I mean, he's not done it with like Clive's lovely penmanship, and I don't trust my uh, color, penmanship at all. Color, colors, colors, and all that. Yeah. I mean, maybe we shouldn't tell Clive. Actually, might think away some other pricks after the, after my job. I don't want to tell Clive. Certainly, <laughs> certainly not until not until we know if it's any not good. Until we're any good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not until we know if it's any good or not. Um, I, think I, I think you'll be fine, Clive. Yeah, I think Clive's fine at being Clive, and Clive should be getting more gigs, to be quite honest with you. I don't think makes the future for him as well. M- m- for all of us. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we want you to check it out, and we want you to enjoy it, and enjoy it with us. And uh, there's a really weird thing with the Anfield rap. Uh, sort of, I don't know if any of you seen the thing I did on the, on the stage in, in Edinburgh as part of the Turing Fest, but I have this thing that with the Anfield rap, it's probably just best that we do stuff and then worry about whether or not it's any good later. And when I was having a chat with the hot mic lads while you were away, John, and one of the things that I was saying was, you know, so we'll do it, and then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll work out what it felt like and what, whether or not it's, you know, when we'll look into it and we'll think about it. And he was like, so what sort of numbers are you thinking? And I said, I'm not really thinking about the numbers, mate. What I'm thinking about is whether or not it was any good, because we'll just do it, and we won't know whether or not it's any good until we do it. And so I'm really looking forward to that. Like, I love a, I love a step off into the unknown. I'm constantly Indiana Jones in Last Crusade, stepping forward onto the path that no one can see. <laughs> so were they asking for numbers in terms of how many we were going to do after this? No, no, numbers in terms 
terms of like what would be a good marker for listeners and I was like I don't care if it's only three <laughs> uh, as long as me and John had a nice time I'm, so if you're listening if you could be one of those three that'd uh, be perfect yeah yeah, that'd be good no we are looking forward to it and yeah. I think to, to, to re- reiterate what Neil says that the key to this and why it works so well is it does sync with your TV and yeah. so obviously we're all going to be watching these games in, in different places and on different formats and, and, and you know either streams or, or you know you know live means live is a curious uh, concept now isn't it it can be anything up to uh, a minute delay so so it does it sync up perfectly with your telly it listens to it and it and it, and it kind of gauges where it's at and then syncs up with that so so we will be um, commentating completely in sync with with whatever you're watching and I am looking forward to it yep. I think it'll be fun it's and it'll be, be something different it'll be something different so uh, if you've got any issues with it uh uh, they are at Hot Mike Inc. on Twitter. Don't at our Twitter. Our Twitter's got enough going on. Um, so at Hot Mike Inc. and they will be able to help you there. And it's info at hotmike.io. And if you go on the App Store now on Apple, it'll be there for you. And there is on their Twitter, Android users beta stuff. And I don't know if that'll apply to us, but with a bit of luck, it will. That's everything you need. Come and enjoy it with us. And the other thing we've got to talk about, John, is that for people who don't subscribe to the Anfield app at the moment, if they download the app, they will be able to watch all of our post-match video and our post listen to our post-match audio after Watford and that is a big deal uh, so that will be for free for people over the Christmas period post Watford uh, if you don't download if you haven't got the app at the moment you can download it and it will be available for free the audio uh, of the post-match show of the pink uh, after Watford and the video of the post-match pint what a festive treat indeed uh, for everyone how generous we are it's like Christmas night out you know <laughs> after Watford I mean we've got our own Christmas night out our work before one, Watford yeah. So are you, are you taking it easy for that, or are you planning on just like plowing through? I'm plowing through. Okay, yeah, I did suspect that that would be the case. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I thought I'd just check. I've got the election Thursday. Yeah. And then that that Friday, and but Watford is like because I'm going to Qatar, which I'm really lucky and I'm pleased about, and there's going to be more on on us going to Qatar coming up soon. But um, it's like I'm not really getting to like Christmas. Then just sort of happens. I, I, so there's no. Yeah. I haven't got any other sort of like because Qatar will be a massive Christmas night out watching that and Man City Leicester's on at the same time and everyone will get to go and do that so I've sorted like I've got my card marked for Watford at home as I mean I'll be in bed by half eight I mean don't get <laughs> don't get carried away but as part of this the post all post-match content on the Anfield rap will be free uh, if people download the app yeah no it's good I mean we're really nailing the post-match stuff at the moment so that's why it's really cool that lots more people will get to listen to it and uh, we did it every necessary with our subscribers and you know, it was it was really really positive, and, and people you know love what we're doing, which is great. You know, ninety nine percent say they recommend to a fellow Liverpool fan and all that, which is all brilliant stuff. But so stuff, start doing it as much as you can, please. <laughs> but the stuff that you know really kind of you know tested the best was, was the post match stuff. You know, getting amazing kind of ratings and people just loving it. And so the video, the guys there have done a, a brilliant job in terms of you know. With the, the product kind of what, what, what's been created there and the audio we've moved recently we've we've gone from hotel tier which is where the video is to to our home in the Glenbrook and that's been great because it's 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 you know it's it's happening there and so if you if you can't get to a pub after the game in Watford you know we'll take you there and we're, we're right in amongst it and you know Andy does a great job on the sound so you can hear everyone landing clear but also you know if the song's starting in the back you'll hear them too and so did the, the great hopefully uh, Lizzie's put a good lineup together you know all killer 
a no filler. Absolutely. Uh, st- stellar only uh, for years. And enjoy it. And if it's for you and you, and you want more of that, then obviously it's a great time to subscribe because you might have noticed the games come thick and fast after Watford. I mean, the seven the week after. Uh, it's absolutely, absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. So do have a think about it, but do download the app uh, and, and be able to both listen and watch this, see what it's all about and see if you want this to be part of your life. Uh, it is the Anfield app. Do download the app. That's from John Killer Gibbons, Neil Filler Atkinson. <laughs> Back to Talk Salzburg. And for all of our bonhomie, all of our excitement, um, Ian, it is perfectly legitimate to be hugely concerned about this game. I think this is a Liverpool side that looks in great shape, but there's every chance this is a really mad game of football against Salzburg. I was really enjoying myself until you said that. I was having a great time here. Um, yeah, it's... I mean, we were talking uh, before we came on about the last Salzburg game and remembering the flow of it. And the fact that, you know, a 3-0... I'm trying to remember exactly what happens for their first goal, but we kind of let them into the game. And then for 15 minutes, we come out second half. And we kind of take our foot off the gas and they come out in this way that you don't expect a team who's 3-1 down at half-time to come out. And they put in this, this absolutely mental 20 minutes of football... And suddenly they're on they're on par, and then we went. Oh, do you know what? Sod this for a game of soldiers, and and took them again. And it, it was always there that we could take them. So I don't think they are clearly an an odd team. They're they're an exciting, um, slightly mad team when they put their mind to it. They're scoring a lot of goals, and they've got they've got a lad up front who knows where the back of the net is three times per game repeatedly at the moment. But I think we've got enough for them. I think we I think we know. I know we know from the last game what not to do this time and I that is not get complacent with them I'm not I'm not concerned in the slightest you know no why not because no. I think if you go back to the pink show after the Salzburg I was I'm sure if you remember yeah because Liverpool switched off yeah I don't know they scored three goals but that's because Liverpool switched off and yeah. we got complacent and we got punished for it and I think the one thing you say about the Liverpool side when the chips are down they don't they don't fuck about they don't fuck about and we're miles better than them we are miles better than them Um we be absolutely fine um, do you not think though Andy and my point about this is that if I'm Salzburg what I want is I want a game with seven goals in it that you'd almost go into the game and think we make we turn this into a game of tennis well, we just make it crazy and I, we, and I think they've got the capability to do that and that's why I'm concerned I'm not concerned because I think I think Liverpool will play the better football for 90 minutes but you know this is this is a side who's, who's you know whose games are averaging an unbelievably high expected goals at both ends of the pitch but yeah you say that but I, I think that the benefit I don't know we, we, we've just covered the, the, the Bournemouth game but I think the benefit of the clean sheet at the weekend comes to effect. The one niggle and worry that one of the niggle and worries I've had is that we've not been able to keep a clean sheet. We've now got that one in the bank. And I know it's a different competition. Um no, if if we're on it, we're miles better than them and we'll put it to bed. Um I can actually see a comfortable three three or four goal victory for Liverpool. That isn't me being arrogant. No, no, I'm intrigued. Um I I just think could it when it comes down to it, decisive moments I think we're okay. Um, I think that we 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 were comfortably three 0 It wasn't an undeserved three 0 lead. Oh no! That, that first half was yeah. one of the best yeah. uh, first then, halves I've seen in years. And then when it was in the balance, we went up and Mo, and Mo scored, and we and we get the win. And there's always the thing was oh well you know there's always the next game and the next game there isn't a next game after this one. Uh, we need we need to avoid defeat. Um, and I think the best way to avoid defeat is not to play for a draw. It's to it's to to it's play well win. and play play well and, but the, the play, concern, and, play, yeah. and play and play and win I think we'll be absolutely fine and you know what if the worst comes to the worst and we go out well you know we're in the Europa League and that's fucking a pain in the arse yeah, yeah play the kids <laughs> no, play, play the kids just disregard it 
just absolutely dis- disregard no, the think, league and think, concentrate on the I, league. But it won't happen because we'll be fine. Yeah, I can't go for the if the worst comes to the worst because I won't win both this season. Uh, Gareth? I, I thought they were a lot better than I thought they were going to be to be Alan Fields and you know Huang um, absolutely he's a good player isn't he he was quality he had and he absolutely uh, roasted Minamoto forget the, forget the massive lads up front they, they, they were the two that yeah, worried me yeah them two were great and, and like they had they had, they had, had, you know the confidence they played with at Anfield I thought <laughs> you know you can't sort of just, just go oh we'll brush these aside because they played some quality football there and you know he's the only fella I've seen to absolutely roast Van Dijk on that goal Van Dyke's flapping in the wind, and and you know he's gone round them and he's put it in the back of the net. And in a moto, yeah, it was the other lads. Um, looks absolutely brilliant. The pair of them wouldn't be out of place in the Premier League. And then you've got Haaland as well, who you're you're on about here, and who's who's goal scoring records brilliant. And look, it's easy to say that they're playing in some jag league, and you know the opposition they're playing is not that good. They've been doing well in the Champions League. Yeah. They've been they've been hitting decent heights in the Champions League. And so I, I don't think we can. I, I think Liverpool will go there professionally though. Liverpool know where they're at you know it is it, it is shit or bust to an extent a, a draw does us but you know I'm with you that you can't you can't sort of go there and play for a draw just go and be the best version of Liverpool and if you're the best version of Liverpool you probably win but I reckon I reckon it's got the potential to be bananas I reckon it's got the potential you know they'll be up they'll be bang it's the biggest game it. of their lives yeah, it's, yeah. The biggest, it's the biggest game that stadium's ever seen it's the biggest game of their lives this is a World Cup final yeah. for these footballers and also the other thing to remember is even even if we get well ahead in the game they're all playing for moves they well, know that this is all the stepping stones I was just about to say there's four or five of them there who, who are already being linked with big moves to the Premier League um, I think Haaland's got like a relatively low clause in his contract 18 million apparently yeah. so there you go so he, he knows that if he turns it on in a game like this that everyone comes hunting for him and then all of a sudden he's got a bumper contract and he's made for life uh, the same for the for Huang um, the same for I think there's a lad there's, there's another lad in midfield who's decent as well there's a few of them and, and look you know they'll be on it the crowds will be up for it um, so yeah it'll, it'll be tough and, and we should have had it done by now you know <laughs> I got loads of got loads of people uh, saying, "Have you got shares in the in the market?" The the amount of times you mentioned them on shows, but but we point around the markets was it was supposed to be a nice stroll around the markets, a yep. nice crimbo trip to Austria and all that. And as it as it is, it's turned out being a little bit stressful. You can't, yeah, no, don't be dwelling in the markets if you're listening to this. <laughs> don't be taking your time. There's a football match to deal with. The markets are now secondary. The markets were a big deal, but they're now secondary. Yeah. So is the chocolate and the Mozart connection. <laughs> It's secondary to the other things. Yeah, I, t- I take all that, and I'm not underestimating Salzburg, but I think you can kind of trick yourself sometimes. We're the best team in Europe. <laughs> I know we are the best team in Europe. We're, I know. The, we're, the, we're the best team in Europe. Yep. And you know, I, I think what happened at the, the Anfield, uh, what happened at the Anfield, the Anfield. It's kind of skewed things a little bit. We should be. No, I, don't, I but, think that a roulette spin the bandy. But no, I, no, I understand the. We've got beat in Napoli. We've got beat by Red Star. You, you talk about. You talk about. No, that's fine. But when, it, it when it's on, what it when it's on, when it's on. No, of course it can. But when it's on the line, we generally do it. And you talk about the opportunity that this in front of Salt the biggest game of the lives, whatever. That can actually be counterproductive. Of course it can. Yeah, I, I understand that. That can but. be counterproductive. And I just think it's a game where if Liverpool get a one or two goal foothold, it's a game that we can we can manage and manage well. As we did the other weekend. I, no, I, well, yes and no in that. The thing about Bournemouth is Bournemouth have played Liverpool at home 63 times by now and all those players have. My thing about this game and that this reason why I think, you know, 
we're 2-0 up with 10 to go it is not done we are 2-0 up with 5 to go it is not done and I think we can say oh, this Liverpool for? side can manage this. so yeah and that's what you turn it into and that's my, my, my thing with them is the roulette spin I think if we play this game if Liverpool play this game 10 times Liverpool win it 7 maybe even win it 8 uh, one's a draw and one's a defeat if you know what I mean Let's, and I'm happy with that but my point is, is there's a 1 in 10 here I'm, I, I'm with Gareth in that we shouldn't have got to this stage it shouldn't have turned into this but also, but also I just think on it it is not a it is not a straightforward one because they will all the way through We've seen they've got a they've got a mad ten in them, and I think a mad ten can you know the, the mad ten they could play really well, not stick the ball in the back of the net, and we get two on the counter break to their breaks. If you know what I mean, yeah. that's that's the thing. Yeah. My thing is more they are more capable than most of the teams we play most seasons of turning it into a roll of the dice. That's what concerns me. And is the dice loaded in our favour? Absolutely, but they can turn it into a roll of the dice. It is. It's it's genuinely a worrying thing. I'd be a lot happier with life. If we're basically sending the kids out there tomorrow night, because it would mean the Napoli job had been done properly and we were through and we didn't have to worry about anything at all and it was complete dead rubber. It's, it's, I think it's one of those where if you send, well, it's obviously the first choice 11 going out there tomorrow night, but send them out with the knowledge that, see these lads here, this is the biggest game they've ever played and they're going to make it hard for you, just, you know. It's, uh, it's definitely, but and, and I also agree with what Andy's about to say, which is, yeah. and also we could just be three 0 up after half an hour, and then and they could be shattered, and then the, all the emotion then count, then works against them. That's like, fine we, I, because I, we, I'd we be do more, love a game where somebody gives us space to play because they run that. I'd be I'd be more worried if it was a more conservative opposition. So what terrifies the if life out of me these type of these type of games is nil nil with five to go. I I, think and what, I I can't imagine a situation where it's nil 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 with five to go. What lifts me is that we save Sadio for this. And he's he's been absolutely brilliant, and I think his will, his spirit, and the way he's playing currently, he can just dictate that Liverpool are winning. You know what I mean? He can dictate that Liverpool are coming at you, we're going for you, and all the best with coping with it. And like I think, you know, letting him have his feet up against Bournemouth, yeah, and putting him out on Tuesday, and getting Mo back into form as well. Yeah, um, I, th- I think you know, and the goalie's back as well. Yeah, Champions League final eleven. It probably will be, won't it? With, with, with whoever yeah. plays centre-back. Yeah, it probably will be, won't it? With a, yeah, I mean, you suspect... I don't know. We don't no, know. It can't about, be Fabi- no Fabinho well, either. So, for, right, so no Fabinho. We don't know about Lovren, do we? I mean, the last we heard is, is Klopp's comments and he was saying he, he thought it was camp and he, he didn't think it was that bad. Um, but, yeah, so there's a question mark there. Yeah, Fabinho, you can't... So you haven't got your Champions League 11. But it's, it's, it's basically... It's that it's the trusted side, isn't mm. it, pretty much, that he's going to put out, I think. So you think it'll be Lovren if fit, Oxlade-Chamberlain? Is that what we all think? We all think Lovren is fit, if fit and Oxlade-Chamberlain, or do we think he'll go with with Milner? Um, or do we think he might throw Keiter in? What do you think he does in midfield? I think he'll go with Milner, but I'd like to see him go with Keiter instead. I think Henderson and Wijnaldum are absolutely locked on, aren't they? So. Be surprised to do Keiter yeah. again. I, I'd be surprised, but I'd like to see it happen. Because I think it's the kind of game where you could play. It's Milner, isn't he? He's the grown-up. I think it's a game where you need your grown-ups. Milner, Milner, Milner. Yeah. Uh, And Lovren if fit, Lovren if fit, Lovren if fit, and Gomez if not. Um, All right, then. Uh, There you go. Uh, Easy, Jürgen. Don't know why you're worried about this. What's it get paid for? (laughs) Uh, um, All right. Uh, Fantastic stuff across the board. Thank you to everyone on the show this week. Oh, by the way, we're going to go through? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Comfortably. 
Uh, thank you to everyone on the show this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, we have been in association with The Athletic. It is theathletic.co.uk forward slash the Anfield app if you want to sign up and read all the fantastic writing on there. Uh, loads and loads of bits and pieces. Um, so do take the opportunity if you fancy that. And there's loads of reductions on there as well. Uh, you can tell I've not got them written down in front of me when I say oh, there's loads of reductions. Uh, you'll sort it. Uh, backing you uh, to the hilt. Uh, thank you very much to Gareth, to Ian, to Andy. It's been The Anfield Wrap this week. Liverpool 14 points clear to Manchester City. Eight points clear to Leicester. They're good. Sports Social Podcast Network.